Hello, my friends. This is Joe Elias with Be a Better Vendor. Today, we're going to talk about building a route and what's really important to your potential clients. Now, I've been in this business for a long time. I've worked with lots of folks, a little over 400 business owners. I've had the ability to train over the last several years. And, you know, it's funny, when you've been around the business for as long as I have, the things that you did in the beginning seem like they were a lot easier than they really were. And what's great about working with so many people is that I get the questions that I forget were really important early on. One of the biggest ones that I find comes up a lot is how to find clients for your route. In fact, you could probably argue that finding clients for your route is kind of the make or break of any service-based business, particularly when you have a route uh, in services with uh, bulk snacks or coffee, really whatever you're doing. And if you're thinking about getting into the business and getting started, it may seem like the biggest hurdle out there. Gosh, you know, there's, I mean, it's not like there's a lot of businesses just sitting around gnashing their teeth, wondering when is a company going to call me to provide the services that I need. There aren't that many businesses out there that just have nothing. And so one of the things that's really important to think about as you're building a new client route is to understand why people would make a decision to move away from what they have today and entertain the notion of working with you. Now, I'm going to say something right now. I want to get something out of the way, and that is I think that finding new clients is a very easy process if you treat it the right way. Just like anything else, if you don't prepare and you don't plan and you don't have everything together that you need, you're not going to do very well. And I train vending route owners and operators how to find great clients. Because if you just went out there yourself, you may not know how to do it. And there are no small number of uh, companies that will find you a route, will, will sell you leads. But is it really in your best interest? D doesn't it serve their interest to simply get you something rather than get you something of high quality? I'll tell you, every time I've had somebody else provide me a location or a client for my route, it has been not nearly as a good relationship or a high quality of a business or, most importantly to me, a good enough revenue compared to the ones that I find myself. So I'm an advocate of making sure that as an owner of a business, you know how to find your own clients. So how do we do that? You know, I'm going to spend a couple episodes talking about this process because it's really important. Today, I only want to get into the mind of a client. I want to hear in my own head their voice because once we can find their voice and tap into it, we're going to better understand what makes a client want to move from a current service provider to someone new. And for today's purposes, let's just pick one. Uh, let's pick coffee service, office coffee service. We'll use that throughout all of our example today to make sure that we can understand what a client's really looking for 
when they are making a decision to move. What are the big categories for the reasons why a business is going to fire their office coffee service provider? That's really important. This type of a service is never really high on the list of problems that a company has to deal with unless it's gotten really, really bad. And when I find businesses I want to work with and I approach them, typically the issues are one of three things. Either one, pricing's too high. Maybe they've seen their rates continue to go up and up and up and they just no longer see the value in the cost that are being charged. That comes up quite a bit. The second reason could be that They've just lost that love and feeling. And that's a real thing, by the way. I have encountered several locations, uh, several businesses lately where I have gone in and talked and I I always ask the question, why am I here? I mean, I, I know why I'm here to talk to you about how my coffee service works, but why? why? I mean, you've got a nice machine over there. People are drinking coffee from it. And while price comes up, and my third issue comes up, I'll talk about here in just a moment. More often than not, I hear, well, you know, well, they just don't really talk to us anymore. They come in, they drop off supplies, they bill us, and they move on. I used to have a personal relationship with them now. Eh, eh, I don't know. It's just, we're ready for something different. You know, we need some novelty. And then the third big category uh, is being underserviced. When a coffee brewer gets really dirty, they don't clean it. When something breaks, they don't respond and fix it right away. When they run out of a product, they don't get there right away and take care of it. So those are the three main reasons I've seen why good clients would fire a coffee vendor, coffee service provider. They are underserviced, they don't have a good personal relationship, and their pricing is not competitive. Those three things are important. And combined, they tell a sad story. Which is the reality that most office coffee service providers do just enough for their clients on their route so that they don't get fired. They're always walking that line. They don't provide the highest service. They don't provide the best pricing. They don't provide the uh, closest relationships. They do just enough not to get fired. Because getting fired as a service provider is actually pretty hard. I mean, literally not showing up is a big one. And that's one that a lot of folks have problems with. But most companies are not going to change their service provider uh, proactively just because they're doing just enough to, to get by. And what's interesting is when I find these businesses, when I find these potential clients and I talk to them, it's easy to uncover these issues and they serve up a really, really great way for me to get a yes from a from a business and to build a new relationship with them. And we're going to talk about closing deals in another episode. Today we're just looking at the mindset and the mentality of a potential client for our office coffee service route. So let's take those three issues and look at them a little bit further. Uh, price, relationships, and service. We'll start first with price. Now... Everything is online. You know, I, I buy most of what I need for a day-to-day -day basis from the uh, apps on my phone. You know, Amazon has free two-hour delivery where I live here in Virginia. 
uh, it has spoiled me quite a bit. I need anything. I open my phone, I tap, and it's here in two hours. Um, that's probably not a good thing in the long run, but it makes it really easy to do business with them. And um, similarly, whenever I'm out shopping for anything, I'm actually going to go buy some uh, some T-shirts and some summer gear this weekend. And I'm really bad about this, by the way. Whenever I go out and I'm shopping and I'm looking around for products that are right in front of me, almost every time I'm going to flip my phone out and I'm going to check prices online. And I will be honest with you, I have at least twice seen a product in front of me that's you know, a dollar or two less expensive online that I don't need right away. It's not an emergency. I'll leave the store where it's right in front of me and I'll order it online. Uh, price competition is a completely new game in retail with the advent of all of these online apps and constant connections. Now, how does that impact office coffee service and the products that we sell? Well, it's a good question. And what I've seen in the industry is a pretty consistent move to the middle in margins. And I see a lot of folks operate eh, 40 to, to 50% profit margin, 80 to 100% markup. And that is only effective if you have a really good supplier. I have a great one. I'm very proud of my relationship uh, with my supplier. I connect them with uh, the folks that I train and I teach how to start their own businesses, I like to hook them up, get them a really good supplier too, because they work hard for me and I'd like to help my supplier grow their business. And that supplier relationship is really important to me because it's got to be better than what a location can buy something for online. Now, not extremely so, but I have to be competitive in pricing. If, for example... Uh, I can go online and I can buy a creamer pump for hazelnut creamer from Coffee Mate. I can get them on Amazon for about um, $16, $17 uh, a piece. Uh, really nice pumps. I love to use pumps with my coffee service because it keeps the counter nice and clean. Each pump holds several hundred tubs worth of, of those little mini creamer tubs. So it's a really good setup. It looks really nice and crisp. Uh, very popular item. So if, if I can buy it online as a consumer for 16 or $17, I cannot realistically go in as a service provider and sell that to a location for 50 bucks. That's just not feasible. Maybe it was a while back, but um, not anymore. So I have to be competitive. Now, do I need to be the same cost? I would say no. Uh, I would say that it's perfectly reasonable to have my prices a little higher than what they can buy product for themselves because I am doing things more than just the product. I am not handing them a box of product during my delivery and leaving. I am cleaning the counters, servicing the coffee brewers, checking stock and inventory, making sure that everything is working the right way, that the coffee pots are cleaned and sanitized. I do a lot of stuff for clients on my coffee service route as a benefit. And you know what? They've got to pay for that. I don't bill them my time. I build it into my product sales. And so they see that as a reasonable service. If they can buy an item for 16 or $17 online, if I'm selling it to them for 20 because I can buy it through a supplier for you know, $10, $11, uh, I make a good margin. 
they pay just a little bit more than what they could get it for themselves, but they're not doing coffee service themselves. They're doing it through me. So they feel like they're getting a good value. I'm making a good margin on my product, and everybody is happy. Now, do all coffee service providers do that? Obviously not. Uh, In fact, when I go in and I meet with a client who's interested in my coffee service, I do something that um, I don't know that a lot of vendors do. I ask for the last couple invoices from the other provider because I want to look at the pricing. I want to know what they're charging. And I've been in my own market long enough that I know, you know, gosh, there's only four other coffee companies in town. Um, My area is incredibly underserviced, which makes it really easy to add great locations. But I pretty much have their menus at this point. I know what they charge for a pot of uh, Maxwell House special delivery coffee, which I don't recommend. I have better coffee than that, but I know what they charge per pot. I know how much a box of Splenda packets costs. I know all of the different things. And I always ask for the invoices just to be able to show them apples to apples. Gosh, here they're charging you X dollars. Hey, I'm a couple dollars less. And I always break it down price per pot. Costs you about a dollar and fourteen cents per pot of coffee from them. Golly, I'm a dollar three. Uh, you're gonna save quite a bit of change every time you brew coffee. Isn't that a good feeling? And so price is important to locations, to businesses, to clients that could potentially be on your route because they got to know that you have their best interests in mind. They've got to know that they're getting a good deal and they're not being fleeced and they have the tools and technology to research what you're putting in their business to know that they're getting a good value. So I think that's a bit enough about price that clients are expecting to look at and understand their costs. And, you know, you've got to make sure that you really hammer that home because it's important. Even if they may not say that it is, it is. Companies have budgets. They have to operate as uh, responsibly as possible. And so you need to make sure that they understand that you have a good uh, cost structure and that you're competitive and that you check your pricing. Let's look at the second piece, which is the relationship. Now, the relationship and service are two different things, and I think this is really important, and a lot of companies miss this. You have to have a personal relationship with the people that manage and operate the clients on your route. Now, there are a bunch of different types of office coffee service businesses. There are owner-operators like myself, so I go out and I service my own route. I bring in the product, I clean the machines, I pick up the checks, I order all the... It's me. It's the Joe Show. (laughs) It's a fun one. It's an interesting show, but it's the Joe Show. And there are other companies that are much larger than I am, and they have route drivers and salespeople and these big crews. By the way, side note, for the owner-operators like myself, know that when you're up against those types of companies, you can use the word overhead a lot. I don't have the overhead... Your current vendor does, which is why my costs are much more competitive. I'm not paying for a whole bunch of people's salaries with selling you Splenda. But the relationship is key. People like people. And having a relationship with the businesses that you're servicing is really important. Uh, You need to be on a first name basis with a lot of people. They need to know who you are. And if you're an owner-operator like myself, they need to know that you are the owner and the operator. I made the mistake early on of trying to pretend like I was bigger than I was. Uh, not in terms of height, I'm a wee dude, but 
in terms of the size of my company, I used uh, the word we and our when talking about my business because I didn't want to seem like just a little bitty guy. I wanted to be a force to be reckoned with. But what I realized was that really did me a disservice because that helped people understand that I worked for someone. I was not where the buck stopped. And so I would get questions like, um, who's your boss? How do you like working for that company? How long have you worked there? And I realized I had missed the point in forming my relationships. They didn't know that I was the owner. So I've thrown out all the we and the hour stuff. And it's my business and I. And I'm very straightforward with that. Because I think there's a tremendous value in building a relationship with the people that manage and operate the clients on your route. When I'm on a first name basis with the owners of the company and the managers and the administrators and the general team, I become part of their team. It's less easy for them to get rid of me if I'm seen as part of the team. I'm on their side. I'm working with them. I'm helping them. I know what the company's up to. I know what people are up to. I know when break times happen. I know when events are coming up. I am in the loop. And that is really important because as a service provider, I have to be able to anticipate their needs. One of the goals I set for myself in terms of building relationships was to make sure that every business had my personal contact information and they can get a hold of me. I answer the phone. It's really important. And when you find clients or potential clients who have lost that love and feeling for their current vendor, you'll hear a lot of comments like, well, the owner, uh, John, used to come around a lot. He doesn't really come around anymore. In fact, he has, an, he has an admin or an assistant. And I can't even get through that person anymore. You know, I just, clearly they've grown, good for them, but bad for us. You know, we've really suffered. We've been uh, kind of tossed to the wayside. I know I'm not important anymore. Now, hearing that has nothing to do with when they show up to service the equipment or fill the break room. It's got nothing to do with how expensive their Splenda is or the cost of the beans. It has everything to do with feeling like you matter. Treat me like I matter. And you've got to be aware of that when you're talking to clients for your route. You've got to treat people look that, like they matter. You've got to look them in the eye, know who they are, and commit to making sure that they're taken care of. Because when you have a business contact that you work with, run into trouble, let's say the they run out of coffee in the office. Who does everybody turn to? Your contact. Uh, let's say the brewer breaks. Who do they turn to? Your contact. Let's say everything's dirty. Who do they turn to? Your contact. That person is really kind of working for me. You know, they are my first line of defense. And I'm not going to put them out there without making sure they're well taken care of. I work very aggressively to anticipate the needs of my locations so that I don't have to have that person bear the brunt of the attack when something goes wrong. I make sure that they know that we're in it together and we're going to spend time together and build a relationship together so that they're never going to feel put out on their own. That's really important. Build relationships with the clients on your route and treat them like they matter. It will concrete your relationship and it will drive you to earn more referrals from them and to grow your business much more quickly with them. Treat people like they matter. 
earn their respect, and then make sure you're there to help them out. So now let's take a look at the third reason why clients are going to look for a new service provider. Or why, I guess more uh, realistically, why were they going to entertain your request to come in and talk to them about their business? And this is service. Service is probably the easiest of the three reasons why people make switches to impact. Service is everything in this business. And if you're not good at it, you're going to lose your clients very quickly. If you work hard at it, you're going to grow your business very rapidly. So I have spent a lot of time on my route building in a routine and a rhythm to make sure that I service my locations correctly. A lot of folks in the office coffee service business treat it like like a a retroactive ordering process. Um, The locations run out of a product and they call the company and they say, hey, we need more Splenda and we need more coffee and we need more uh, Equal and we're out of cups. And then the coffee service company schedules an appointment, they deliver, they bill, they take payment, and then they go away until the location calls them again. That is an awful way to run a business. Sorry it is. I refuse to allow my clients to manage my own inventory in their building. I think that's crazy. They don't have the time to spend watching all of the product in the stock room or in the cabinets. And they shouldn't. I take business from bigger companies all day long because they will not service their locations the right way. They show up, they drop off boxes. I had a very large car dealership chain, nine locations in the area, tell me that more often than not, they have to send somebody down the street to Walmart to buy cups and sugar because the coffee company doesn't deliver them quickly enough even after they put an order in. Friends, that is mind-blowing to me. How can you run a business on service and quality of product when you can't even deliver it to the customers who want to pay for it? That is crazy. By the way, I'm really going to enjoy moving them out of all of these dealerships and moving in and setting up my empire, doing easy stuff. I service my clients as often as I need to, to know that the equipment will always be clean, the AirPods will always be freshly sanitized, the coffee stations will be clean, wiped down and full, and that there is never going to be a concern that they are out of product. Now, how often is that? Well, for me, that's once a week. Monday mornings are my route running time. I, I get out early. I pick up the product from my supplier that I need for the week. And I do all my deliveries and I run my route the whole day on Monday. I help my location start their week off right with my cheerful face, my big old smile, and my really bad jokes. Every other week, I'm in there just for a routine cleaning and sanitization. The opposing weeks, I'm delivering the product. That works really well for me. For the size of businesses that I have on my route and the number of them that I have, that works really well. Now, um, could I go just to every other week? Yeah, sure. Probably so. I mean, uh, 
two out of the four weeks a month. I'm only there to clean just to make everything look good. But if I went to every other week and just delivered and cleaned at the same time, that's a longer period where spilled coffee would sit or if they run out of equal in my condiment tray that they don't refill it. There's just a lot of things that can make my station not look great. So I refuse to let that happen. I'm there every week. I touch every location every week on my route, every client. And I tell them what I'm ordering. I get them to sign off on it. And I take care of my clients. If there's ever a problem, uh, a brewer is doing something funny, uh, there's a, a pot gets broken, I take care of those things immediately the minute they make me aware of them so that they don't have to wait for me. I will never allow one of the clients on my route to have to send somebody to Walmart to buy product because I can't get there fast enough. That's crazy. And this business is built around service. So you make it, you can have good pricing and good relationship, but if you don't show up and you don't put in the effort when you need to, your businesses will not refer you to others. They will move on to other service providers and you will fail. Make sure you have a rhythm for service. Make it really easy for yourself. I've got a go bag that I keep where I keep all my product. And that go bag has all of my cleaning and sanitization materials. It has my uh, cleaning gloves. It's got all of my cleaning materials. Uh, I've got all the stuff that I need in one spot and it stays in one bag. When I get back home after servicing my route, I clean all of those things and sanitize them for next time. But I'm never in a situation on a Monday where I have to go dig around and find things. I'm prepped. I'm ready to go. I hit the trail. I run my route. I spend time with everybody. I make sure I'm getting paid on time. I'm ordering the product that they need. I'm anticipating their needs. And when times are right, I'm asking for referrals as well. If you put together a coffee service business like what I've described here with effective cost control and good pricing, if you're building and maintaining great relationships with important people, at, those, at the businesses that you uh, have on your route. By the way, I think everyone is important, and they all need to know who you are. And if you service them as often as it takes to make sure that your coffee station is showroom ready all the time, you're not going to need my help anymore. <laughs> you're going to be right out there with me helping other people get their businesses started. Those are some of the keys to having a great business relationship with your clients in the office coffee service business. And those three issues, cost, relationship, and service, are absolutely the three reasons why someone's going to let you in the door to talk to them about your business and kicking out another vendor. Well, I hope this has been helpful. Let me know what you think. Head on over to BeABetterVendor.com. Use the contact form to tell me about any topics you'd like to see in the future. Check out some of the training classes that I've got going on here in the next couple weeks. I've uh, just got a new class for August I'm really excited about for uh, coffee business. Lots of stuff going on. Head out there. Let me know in the comments what you'd like to see. Let me know what your experience has been. Next time, we're going to talk about taking an appointment with a potential client and how to turn every appointment into a yes, an emphatic yes. This has been Joe with the Be a Better Vendor podcast. Hope you have a great day and come check me out at BeABetterVendor.com. Take care.